and all those things. So if you'll open with me to Psalms 4 or 5 real quick. It says, offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. You know, it's key when we give to God that we trust Him. There's some people who say, well, you know, Pastor, I just, I, I can't afford, I can't afford to give this year. And, uh, you know, I got paid, and I know it says I'm supposed to tithe, but I just really can't afford to give this year. And you know what that says to God? It says, God, I don't trust you to help me this year. God, I don't trust you to make it happen this year. Now, if you're our guest, we're not asking you to give in today's offering. And ignore the numbers I'm fixing to show you because this family knows what these numbers are about. Uh, don't let these numbers scare you. Um, but I'm going to share a few numbers for the next three minutes with you, and then we're going to move on with this service today. Is that okay? Okay, so as a church, y'all have, a, y'all have the numbers, Ethan? Uh, in 2015, at this point of the year, at the end of May, we were at $133,000 taken in. Give yourself a hand. 2016, we've taken up $134,992. We've had increase this year. That's good stuff, okay? Now, tithe and offerings, we've taken $134,992 so far this year. Our expenses have been $176,000 this year, which means we're in a negative $29,556.23, which, as you know, we're part of the Triumph family. And Triumph is covering these expenses. We knew, Pastor Ryan knew when he came here 18 months ago, that this church couldn't afford me. They couldn't afford the bills that were currently happening even without me. And that's okay. Uh, Triumph is covering that. And uh, we're working on what we call refinancing our building right now. Because we're in a bond program where our note is actually $3,500 a week. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That's what it costs just to pay the mortgage here, not to pay the electricity, not to pay the water, not to pay, not to pay for internet, not to pay for, pay for any of the staff members that are here. That is what it costs just to pay the note. And it's not like a normal note you have in your house where over 12 months you just pay 12 payments. We pay 52 payments a year, so if there's five weeks in a month, we pay over $17,000 for our monthly note. That's staggering, isn't it? It's a big number. So we're refinancing, and when we refinance, see, what's beautiful about this Triumph coming in and taking over Trinity, some people are like, why are we changing name? Why are we doing this? We're part of the Triumph family. Triumph's a lot bigger family. On our own, on our own, um, you know when you go buy a house, the, the number, the magic number is you can borrow two to two and a half times what your income is. And so for this church, with our income, Two and a half times is, would be we could borrow about seven hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, currently we owe one point two million dollars on our mortgage, which means this church cannot refinance on its own. But the beautiful thing is, Triumph covers us, takes us in, and uh, we were hoping to have a loan refi already. We tried to do it on our own, but Triumph's refinancing everything they have with this church because they love this church in this location and they believe in us. So we're refinancing the whole package together to get our, our note where it would only be about $9,000 a month, which is about, in some months, that's half of what we're paying. That's less than half of what we're paying now. And so we're believing God to do that. So continue to pray with us, continue to give. And I say all that to say this. 
Uh, we need $6,500 a week to come in here to pay the bills. The last six weeks, we've averaged about $3,500 a week. It's been down a little bit over the last six weeks. And that's, that's normal because we're in summer. Everybody goes on vacation, and they don't come to church when they're on vacation. They forget to tithe. They forget to give in the offering bucket. They, they forget to do all that stuff. And so I want to plead to you as your pastor. When you go on vacation with your family, like me and Pastor Jennifer are fixing to do for a couple weeks, while we're gone, if we just didn't pay our house note, if we didn't pay our car note, we didn't pay any of that, we took our money and just went on vacation, what would happen when we came home? We wouldn't have a car, we wouldn't have a house, we wouldn't have any of that. So when you go on vacation each year, I just want to encourage you, remember your church. Remember, we still have bills to pay, we still have things to accomplish. And yeah, you know, we're, we're standing more on our legs than we were last year even. And we're doing better than we did last year. And next year, there's going to be a freedom that happens in this place because we're going to be refined. And if the refinance would have happened in January, that $29,000 number you saw would actually be about $3,000 in deposit. So this church is more than self-sufficient with a normal loan. And so that's where we're working. That's where we're going. I just, every once in a while, I like to fill everybody in on where we're at, where we're going. Uh, it's not fair for me to have to carry the burden all by myself. And so I just want to share it with everybody. We're very open here at Triumph, and uh, uh, we're not we're not upset. We're not mad. God brought me here as a promise. And when you walk into your promised land, I want to tell you a secret, and this goes with our message today. When you walk into your promised land, there will always be giants, and there will always be battles that you have to face. And we're facing them, and we're moving forward, and we know that God brought us here with a promise, and with this church Every year is going to improve, and we are growing. Uh, you can't see it today, but we're growing by leaps and bounds. There's excitement in the air. There's life teams. If you're not plugged into a life team, get in a life team. Have life in your life every single week. Get plugged in and do great things. Let's pray over our offering today. Father, I just thank you for the offering today. I thank you that, that you give us faith, Father, that you're going to meet all the needs in this house. And, Father, we trust you to take care of we trust you, Father, in every area of our life. And today as we give, we trust, Father, that you're giving back. Press down, shaken together, and running over, your word says, Father, in every area of our life. We thank you for these things. In your name we pray. Amen. Now that wasn't painful, was it? Okay. Y'all excited to be part of Triumph? Amen. So everybody's coming to church next week, right? Bring a friend with you. Amen. Okay. Open up with me to Numbers 20, and we're going to start in verse 12 today. Now, in Numbers 20, Moses and the children of Israel are in the wilderness, and, and God's been leading them by a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. Isn't that amazing? A pillar of cloud by day. I mean, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire. I, I just pray one day when I get to heaven that there's a DVR. And I can go back and rewind and see what this looked like. Because when, when God says a pillar, I'm sure it wasn't some little 8-foot, 4-by-4 porch pillar like we have, like we have on, the, on the front of our house. When I, when I'm thinking Colosseum pillar. I'm thinking bigger than that because I know how big my God is and how great he is. 
They had a pillar of fire everywhere that they went. Everywhere in a cloud. And when I say a cloud, it was the presence of God. And and, and it showed them where to go. And God went before them, told them where to camp, told them what to do. But yet they still bickered and they complained. And and, and they, they weren't happy. You ever met somebody that just wasn't happy? I like happy people. I'm a happy person. And, and so they, they weren't happy, and they were complaining, and they, they were upset. And so they're at this, in this one valley, in this one place, and there's no water. They stop. God's told them to stop, and they, they stop there, and there's no water for any of their animals. So, so Moses and Aaron, they go into the tabernacle, and they begin to pray. So there's no water for the, for the animals, no water for the people. They're complaining. They're hot. They're murmuring. You've been outside in this heat. We've been cleaning up some houses. If you've helped us clean up houses, thank you. Uh, we've been cleaning up houses in the afternoon. Yesterday they clean, helped clean up two houses, get out sheetrock, clean them up. And our volunteers at this church are awesome. And, and all week long we've given out probably about seven, 8,000 pounds of food and supplies this week out to the community and uh, been servicing right through here. We'll continue to do so next week. If you know somebody that needs food, that needs diapers, that needs help, that's what we're here for. We're not going to complain about what happened. It happened. We're going to go out and we're going to help somebody. And we're going to move our community forward. Because that's what Texans do and that's what Christians do. Amen? And uh, we don't wait on FEMA to get here. We're boots on the ground. That's how Texans work. And, and uh, we ain't worried about none of that. We're going we're to get busy and we're going to help people. Because that's what God's called us to do. And so Moses is in this tent with Aaron. And, and they're saying the people are thirsty, they're complaining, they're hot. And, and God tells them, walk out to this rock. And he tells Moses, speak to the rock and I'll give you water. Speak to the rock. You know what, sometimes God tells us that all we have to do is speak to a circumstance in our life. But we want to beat it and we want to hit it and we want to mess with it. And we want to do it our way instead of God's way. So in Numbers 20, 12, it says, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. See, they didn't trust God when they said, Go speak to the rock. Instead, Moses walks out and he hits it. Hits it. And you know, it says that he, he hit it twice. But I can just imagine he went out and hit it. God said, No, you didn't do it the way I told you to. And no water came out. Moses hit it again. Because he was trying to do it on his own instead of let God do it through his life. See, there was a spring that was there, but he was waiting on Moses to speak to it, and it was ready to come out. Instead, instead Moses tried to do it on his own ability and go hit the rock. And because he didn't trust God, God told him, you won't enter into the promised land. See, there's some promised lands in our life that God's ready for us to enter into, but in order for us to go into them, we have to trust him. You can't, you'll never go into the promised land in your life if you can't trust God. So my message today is, who do you trust? Can you trust God with every area of your life? Father, I just thank you right now that you show us how to trust you more and more. That's our prayer. More and more, Father. Help us trust you. Help, help Give us understanding, Father, to know that you're going to do it. 
Let us walk through the victories in our life and let us be able to look back on them and say, He's always done it and He'll do it again. Let us trust you in every area of our life, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. And so, I've been praying and reading the last couple weeks. I want to show you some revelation I believe that God's given me on on the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. And, And I want to help impart this to you today. And so, open with me to Deuteronomy 126 through 40. Um, here, here Moses and them sent out spies into the land. And we all know they sent Joshua and Caleb, and they sent all the, they sent the spies into the land, and they've seen the land. And they know the land is everything that God has told them that it is. There's milk, honey, and water. Like the grapes. The grapes, actually in the Bible, the grapes were literally healing on a mission. You ever bite into a juicy grape and it's not very refreshing? Can you imagine the mess and nastiness of one of these guys up in Bowling? I, I'm serious, man. I mean, that would be a mess. I mean, I get to see my three boys stoning them each day. Like that. <laughs> grape juice everywhere. And it stains. I can see, Mom, don't bring the grapes on the carpet. <laughs> because... And, and so everything they need in life is right there, right exactly like God told them to have it. It's sitting right there. And all they have to do is trust God. That's all they have to do. They've been wandering around the wilderness, and they're ready to go into the promised land. They've left the Red Sea. They've left Pharaoh. They've left Egypt. And God's done all these miracles. And all they got to do is look to your neighbor and say, trust me. All they've got to do is just trust me. And so let's read what the passage says, and then I'm going to be done. But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you refused to go in. You complained in your tents and said, the Lord must hate us. That's why he's brought us here from Egypt, to hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us with their reports. They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are. In fact, it even says in one part of Scripture that they look like giants compared to us, compared to the giants of Egypt. But the problem is they looked in the mirror and they saw a walking giant. That's what seems to be going on all over again. And, and so, our brothers have demoralized us with their reports. Your brothers ever demoralized you with a report? You ever believe the reports that people are telling you? They tell us the people of the land are taller, more powerful, and their towns are large with walls rising high into the sky. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Amic, in fact. But I said to you, this is the Lord speaking, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do it in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness. Just as a father cares for his child. Now he has brought you to this place. But even after all he did, you refused to, say this word with me, trust the Lord your God. Who goes before you looking for the best places to camp guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And when the Lord heard your complaining, he became very angry. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked 
generation will live will live to see the good land I swore to give to your ancestors, except for Caleb, the son of Jehunneh, and he will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. One guy followed the Lord completely. All the children of Egypt, one guy followed him completely. One guy trusted him. One guy, one guy believed him. One guy took him at his, word, at his word. One guy out of all of them said they were numerous as the stars. One guy. I want to be that one guy that can just trust God and know that no matter what I walk into or where I go, his presence is with me. And I will give to him and his descendants some of the very land he swore to them to draw them in. And the Lord was also angry with me because of you. He said to me, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. Instead, your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will lead the people into the land. Encourage him, for he will lead Israel as they take possession of it. And I will give the land to your little ones, your innocent children, who you were afraid it would be captured. But they will be the ones who occupy it. As for you, turn around now. Go back through the wilderness towards the lake again. God said, look, you're afraid your little ones are going to be captured, but they're going to be the ones that take the land, aren't they? The ones you were worried about. They're going to be the ones that take the land because you would not trust me. So God said, you know what? I've had it. Go back to the Red Sea. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Go straight back to the Red Sea. You know why he took them back to the Red Sea, I believe? I believe he took them back to the Red Sea so they could get a glimpse of where they came from. Get, so they could rewind their DVR in their head and look back at what, everything he had done for them. And let them know, you know what? All this I've done. All this I've taken care of you. All the times you were, you were worried. You, for thousands of years, you said, God, deliver us from Egypt. And I did it. And now you don't trust me to take care of the giants that are in front of you. You don't trust me to take care of the walls that are up in front of you. You don't trust me to take care of those things. All the places I've taken you, all the miracles. I put frogs in Pharaoh's palace. I turned the water into blood. Uh, Moses threw down his staff. It became a snake and swallowed Pharaoh's snake. All of these things, all of these things, yet you still could not trust me. Doesn't it sound like our lives? He delivers us, he saves us, he sets us free, and then we want to go back right to where we came from. We don't trust him to continue doing this. And we, we get caught up, we get caught up, we forget about the grace he's given us. We forget about the things in the life, in our life where, where we, we forget about how we were caught up in drugs and alcohol and all the other areas of our life. And, and we just forget about it. And some little thing comes along and the whole world falls apart. Because we saw a wall. We saw a giant. I want to give you some things today. I want to give you some things today that lack of trust in God causes you to do. Number one, the lack of trust in God will cause you to complain. Complaining is a result of lack of trust. It's also a result of worrying and being afraid and fearing what you've done. You start complaining. Well, this is this, that, and the other. Then 
And, and the whole deal was you were too afraid to step into what God had. So you start complaining. Verse 34 through 35 says, Because of their complaining, he called them a wicked generation. Can I be a generation? The last thing I want to be labeled as is a wicked generation. I want my generation to come in. I want to walk into all the promises of God that he has for my life. Except for Caleb. Caleb got to see it when nobody else did by himself. Can you imagine seeing all the miracles, walking these people in, and not getting to walk into the promise? Imagine what that would be like. Not getting to walk into your promise because you just didn't think to do it again. I got news for you. God wants to do it for you again and again and again. It says he carried them from campsite to campsite, taking care of them as they wandered through the wilderness because they were his, just like his children. You're a child of God. We've got to realize God has the best intentions for you. And when there's walls and when there's giants in your path, God knew they were going to be in your path. He's just testing you to see if you will actually trust him and where he wants to take you. Number two, way you know you lack trust in God. He causes you to be demoralized and believe the report of man. God told them to take the land. They thought it was a good idea to go take it. They went out and scouted. Instead of believing what God told them, they believed what somebody else told them. How many times in our life do we believe what somebody else thinks is right? Well, you can know, you can't do that. You can't do that. What God say you do? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can take the hill. I can do whatever I need to do. If God is for me, who can be against me? Who are you believing for today? Are you putting all your trust in God? Well, I can't afford to do that this year. Or I can't do that this year. So I can't do that. And, and my wife told me, no, nah, honey, you ain't going to never do that. Who are you believing in your life? What are, are, are you taking up your sword and going forward in your battle and trusting the word of God? Or are you testing, being tested and trusting the word of man? We've got to believe what God tells us. Next way you know that there's a lack of trust. It causes you to, in front of you to see obstacles and see giants instead of seeing God. You don't see victories. You see defeat before you ever get there. My daddy always told me, don't camp is not an alleviation issue. You can do it. Anything you put your mind, you can do it. And so he loved that commercial, I mean, or that TV show. I can do it. What was that, Waterboy? I can do it. My dad loved that. And he said, see, you can do anything you put your mind to. If you'll put your mind to do it, then you'll see. There's God in everything you face, but we've got to trust him. Number four, it causes you to question and doubt your destiny. That's what a lack of trust in God does. It causes you to question, why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, I, I, I don't know if this is going to work out. You start to doubt the things of God in your life. It, it, it's a trust issue is what it is. Number five, it causes you to operate in fear. Doubt equals fear. You start, you start getting afraid of stuff. I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm afraid that I'll fail. We get a fear of failure. 
and we have a lack of trust. Number six, it costs you your protection and your favor when you do not trust God. See, there's, there's some areas of our life that we choose not to trust God in. We don't, choose, we don't trust God with our future. We won't step out, of, step out in faith and get out of the boat. We're afraid we're going to sink. You know, out of all 12 disciples, how many got out of the boat? One. Out of all the children of Israel, who thought they could take the land? Who did say, only one, only, only Joshua. Gave you a business that you won't act on. Oh, what if I fail? What what if what if this happens? What if that happens? You wonder why you're you're wandering around and you're miserable and you feel like you're lost in your life. It's because you don't trust God to take your future. You don't trust God to go to do the things that He's called you to do. I know lots of people that were called to be pastors in their lifetime. They got up and said, I'm called to be a pastor, I'm called to do this, and they're great used car salesmen on their cell phone. Because they didn't trust God with their future. Lots of missionaries out there that God called and never did what they were called to do because they didn't trust God they could do it. Instead, they become psychologists and they're working in some kind of in some kind of other field because they didn't trust God with their future. Great future. Love God with all the great future. Just didn't trust him. Didn't realize they didn't trust him. You think the children of Israel realized they didn't trust him? They they didn't realize it. They were blinded. They were blinded by what they saw. They looked and they saw and it looked like too much for them to handle. They said, we can't do this. And, And the more they let the enemy start talking into their life, the more they believed it. That's what happens with our future. We do the same thing with our finances. I can't trust God enough to tithe. We give him a token offering and wonder why we get token blessings. Wonder why we can never get out of the hole in our life. Our family. We don't keep our family consistent in the house of God. But something goes wrong when we run to church on Sunday morning. And I can't tell you how many times, well, pastor, my kids are doing this. I need prayer this morning. I'm like, where are your kids at? I haven't seen them in years. I haven't, I haven't seen them in church on Sunday morning. Well, you know, we let him choose whether he wants to come or not. My kids don't get to choose that. God put me in control of them. Something goes wrong with them, it's my fault. I got to answer to heaven for that. Ask that boy right there if he thinks he's going to get to come to church, if he has to go to church on Sunday morning or not. He knows as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. He gets out of my house. He can do whatever he wants. He's accountable at that point in time. I'll grab him by his ear and snatch him down to the altar every Sunday and pray for him. I'll lay hands on him at home and at church. He told me the other day, I'm stronger than you, Natalie. You know, I've been working out for varsity. I'm on varsity now. I said, you want to arm wrestle? We got on that table. I took him down. He had my chair. He said, let's arm wrestle in your chair. And I'm sitting in my chair. And he grabs and jumps my arm and says, I beat you. I was like, no, get at the table. Well, let me show you a thing or two. Daddy's still got you. you your little skinny 200, 210 pounds is nothing. 
pounds ain't nothing. I got, I got you covered. The problem is we don't, we don't trust God to take care of our families. We let our kids rule our household instead. And, 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 and we wonder why our kids are wandering through the wilderness. You want to know why kids wander through the wilderness? I'm fixing to give you a revelation right here. You might want to write this down. Let me tell you why kids wander through wilderness. Kids wander through wilderness because their parents were taking them through the wilderness with them because they didn't have enough gumption to walk into the promise of God with God. That's why kids wander through the wilderness. Because their parents are still walking with Jesus. Wake up. Every one of those kids had to walk through the wilderness with their parents for 40 years because dad and mom couldn't trust God. Are you going to drag your kids through the wilderness because you won't trust the Almighty? My kids know every time I get a paycheck, we're giving to God. My kids know every time Every time the church is open, we are going to be there. Every time it's time to pray, we're going to pray. Uh, we're not going to complain and talk about people. Somebody, somebody put something on Facebook about me one time, and my boys are all mad, and Kobe's like, I'll take care of them. I'll put something on Facebook back. I said, no, you will not. I said, we don't respond like that. I said, boys, get over here right now. We're, we're, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray for them. Because I show them how to overcome their wilderness. I show them how to walk into a promise. As, as parents, it's our choice. Are we going to watch what's going on on TV and believe that it's the gun's fault or somebody else's fault? Let me tell you what, it's the person's fault. It's the mom and daddy's fault. Look, you're talking about losing a generation? They lost one in the Bible. They lost a whole generation of good men and good women because they refused to trust God. A whole generation wasted because they saw everything God had done for them, but they still refused to trust Him. And then on top of that, those kids finally walk into the promise their parents refused to walk in, and they had to fight giants, and they had to fight those walls that were to the sky because their parents refused to do it. It cost their generation something too. Not everybody survived those battles. There were kids lost on the battlefield because mom and dad wouldn't take the promise that God had given them. Kids had to face giants because their parents refused to face them. There's a cost when you lack trust in God. And a lack of trust leads to wandering. I'm going give to you, give you three ways to know that you're wandering. Three warning signs that, that you might be wandering in the wilderness. Number one, you're walking through somebody else's blessing instead of your own. Deuteronomy 2, 2 through 6, it says, Then at last the Lord said to me, You've been wandering around this hill country long enough. Turn to the north. Give these orders to the people. You'll pass through the country belonging to your relatives, the Edomites, 
and the descendants of Esau who live in Seir. And the Edomites will feel threatened, so be careful. Do not bother them, for I have given them all the hill country around the mountain of Seir as their property. And I will not give you even one square foot of their land because I gave it to them. I didn't give it to you. That was their promise, and they occupied it. And I will not give you one square foot. And if you need food to eat or water to drink, pay for them. Number two, well, you know you're wandering. When you're paying for things God already provided for you, then you're having to pay twice for something. See, God had all the free grapes, all the honey, all the milk. And when there's milk, there's cows, all the steak, all the filet mignon. had everything they wanted sitting there in their promise. But instead, they have to go to somebody else's promise. And they have to live off somebody else's blessing. And on top of that, it costs them. That's what happens when you don't walk in your promise. That's what happens when you don't trust God. You end up having to live off somebody else's blessing. Why does somebody else have to pay your electric bill because you can't pay it? Because you ain't trusting God. Oh, that's real stuff right there. You need to realize you might be wandering if that's happening to you. You might ought to trust God and believe that he can do it for you. Now, there are people can bless you and people can help you. And people can give stuff to you. And that doesn't mean you're outside, outside the will of God. It doesn't mean you're not trusting. But, but there comes a point in life when you continually need somebody else to provide for you. And you're having to live on their land. And you're having to live in their situation. And you're having to live in their blessing. It's because you haven't occupied your own blessing. And your own territory. And your own mountain. And your own blessing that God had just for you. Because you refused to trust him. You, you refuse to say, you know what, uh, it may, my bank account may be look, look a little weak this week, but I'm going to tithe anyway. Uh, you know, this happened in my life, but I'm going to trust God anyway. This happened in my life, but I'm going to trust God anyway. It comes down to who do you trust? Do you trust God? Or are you listening to the opinions of man? That's what it boils down to. And number three. You're camping out on somebody else's victory. You're, you're celebrating their victory with them because you don't have your own victory to celebrate either. Sometimes we, we, we want to feel good, so we go camp out with somebody else and we go celebrate their victory. And we, we enjoy what they're doing and, and we enjoy their life and we enjoy their boat and we enjoy their house. God has victories for you. He's just waiting for you to trust him. Verse 16 through 21, when all the fighting men of fighting age had died, the whole generation passed away, the Lord said to me, today you will cross the border of Moab at all and enter the land of the Ammonites, the descendants of Lot. But do not bother them or start a war with them, because I have given them the land of Ammon to them as their property, and I will not give you any of their land either. Now, all these guys are, are passed away, and these are the children now. These are the kids of the generation that entered the land. And God said, I'm going to take them through somebody else's land one more time is all I'm saying. I want, I want to show them what I did for somebody else before I do it. Before I take, give them their promise, I'm going to show them somebody else's promise one more time. And so they, they, they go, and it says that area was once considered the land of the Rephites who lived there Though the Ammonites numerous and as tall as the Anakites, 
But their Lord, Lord destroyed them so that the Ammonites could occupy their land. Now, who are the Anakites? The children of Anak? The same giants that their fathers wouldn't face are the same giants that it says clearly right here. Right here. They were also as strong, as numerous, and as tall as the Anakites. But the Lord, who destroyed them? The Lord. He said, look, I did it for them. I've done it for your fathers before you, even though they wouldn't trust me to do it again in the land. If you'll trust me and go with me, I'm about to take you into the promise that your parents refused to occupy. There's some battles that we have to fight our mom and dads never fought. And that's okay. But I'm going to make sure every one of those battles, I want to fight it today. I don't want to wait. I'm not running from a fight. I want to fight it because I don't want my boys to have to fight it for me. I want to take care of those areas, those family generational curses. I want to make sure they're gone and they're out, out of, out. I'm casting them as far as the east is from the west. I don't want them in my children's life because I don't want them to have to face my giants. You may have some giants in your land today. You may have some giants that have been facing your family for generation after generation after generation. Don't face them. Fight them for your kids. There's some generational curses. Well, you know, my mama did this, and my grandmama did this, and my great-grand-grand-grand-grand-grand-grand-grand-grandma did this. Doesn't mean you have to do it. Fight it and win it so your kids don't have to. God is ready to give you victories in your life. The question is, will you trust him? Do you trust him enough to follow his word in every area of your life? With your future, with your finances, with your family, and with the battles that are in front of you. Do you trust him? Or you just want to be complacent and live off of this life that somebody else gave you? That's the question we've got to ask ourselves. Jesus came for the ultimate standard. He set the ultimate standard, example, for his disciples. He set the example. He came and paid the ultimate price, fought the ultimate battle, and won the ultimate victory so that we never have to fight it. It's called the grace of God. And today there's a grace in this place for your life and what you're facing. There's a grace in this place for your life so that your children never have to go through what you've gone through. He will deliver you. He will set you free. He will set your feet upon a solid rock that will never sink. But you have to be willing to trust Him because His grace and His salvation only comes through trusting Him. It says our salvation comes through trusting Him. We have to trust Him. We have to believe His promises. Look, Jesus has awesome and great plans for your life. Are you willing to trust Him? You may have cancer in your body right now. You may have a bad doctor's report in your life right now. And you have a couple choices to make. You can believe the report of the Lord. You can believe the report of man or you can believe the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord says in Isaiah 53 that by His stripes we're healed. It says, Matthew 21, 22, if we ask anything in his name, believing, it shall be done. That word believe, it, it translates into the Greek, which is a teo, which means demand. 
Are you willing to put a demand on his presence? Are you willing to pay the cost and trust him and demand your healing in your life? He wants to do it for you. He wants to take you into your promised land. He doesn't want you to have to live off of somebody else's promise. He doesn't want you to have to share somebody else's victory. You know what's wrong with our country today? There's so many people that are still living on the faith of their forefathers that they can't have faith for themselves. Well, my daddy went to church every Sunday and I went with him. That doesn't make you saved. It doesn't. There has to become a point in your life where an individual stands before God and says, I trust you. I know you died for me. Save me. Set me free. Make me whole. I believe your word. I believe you are the Almighty. You spoke in the world existed. The same God that put the stars in the sky, the same God that formed Adam out of clay, is the same God that can do anything above and beyond what you ever imagined or whatever you dreamed in your life. You just have to say, I trust you. I believe you. And I want everything that you have for my life, even if there's giants in it. Because I can promise you, Walking into his promises are not always easy. But when he goes before you, in fact, it says, it says to the new generation, he said, you're going to go in and they're going to hear about you and they're going to be scared because of who you go in with. You know why I'm not scared? It's because they are to be scared because I know who my daddy is. Let's stand up and let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we trust you today, Father. We give you all of our battles. We give it all to you. We thank you for the opportunity to face the giants, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to face the battles that are in the promised land. Because we, we, we know, Father, that you're going ahead of us. We know they've already been won because of the sacrifice that your son paid for each and every one of us. In fact, Jesus said, greater things we will do. Father, give us the opportunity to do these greater things, Father. We accept the responsibility because we know who you are. You're the Almighty, and we trust you, Dad. We trust you in every area of our lives. Take us into our future. Take us where you want us to go, Father. We trust you. We know you're going to pay the bills. We know you're going to put food on the table. You know because we know this because you are our provider. You're our supplier. And you fought the battle before we ever got there. I thank you for victory, Father, this year. New victories coming. Somebody's been fighting something in their life for a long time today. Your victory's coming right now. Just receive it. Reach up and receive it right now. Give it to God and trust Him that He'll do it. Father, we thank you for all these things. The prayer partners are going to come as we close. Father, I bless them now in this city. Let them be more than conquerors, Father. Let us possess this land that's called Angleton, Father. What you want to do in a people, do it in these chosen people. What you want to do in a church, do it in this church. What you want to do in a pastor, do it in me, Father. I'm open just to follow your presence. Because in your presence, there's fullness of joy. There's peace. There's understanding. Father, we love you today. And we thank you, Father. Give us people 
and our pastor's group that we can touch and make their day better. In your name we pray.